Welcome back to the Cold-Blooded Sports Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to get into some award predictions. Uh, then we're going to give you our what we think is going to happen in the Super Bowl. And then we're going to cap it off with uh, the defensive free agents uh, coming up this offseason. So I'm going to let uh, Rob start with his uh, MVP for the season. That's right. What's going on, everybody? Um, for MVP this year, in my in my choice, I'm going with none other than Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. All right, this man, talk about a transformation. This guy went in 2018 from 1,200 yards passing with six touchdowns and three interceptions to 3,127 yards, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions with a 113 uh, QBR. Also, he had over 1,200 rushing yards for seven touchdowns, and he made the Pro Bowl. And also, if you ask me, I feel like if he wouldn't have been on the Ravens, the Ravens wouldn't have been nearly as good as they were this year, and they wouldn't be known for being as as much of, of an explosive offense. Pardon me. What about you, Nick? Uh, Who are you going with? Yeah, I went with Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's the only choice. This season he was... In the season, he was the best quarterback. That doesn't mean he's the best quarterback overall, but this season he definitely had the best uh, – he was the best quarterback. I mean, uh, as Rob alluded on, he broke the rushing record this season for uh, quarterbacks. Uh, he had 36 touchdowns and six interceptions. He had a game this year where he threw three in one game. So if you yeah. take that out, it's really three picks all season. Um, I mean, for me, the big jump was with his completion percentage. Um, getting it up to 66 is just tremendous. So uh, that's why I, I have him as my MVP, who's definitely the most valuable player and <clears throat> the main reason that the Ravens' offense was so explosive. Now, um, getting on to Offensive Player of the Year, uh, my my vote would be for uh, Saints receiver Michael Thomas. I mean, good good God, he's the only guy in that receiving core that's actually a threat. I mean, he broke Marvin Harrison's record for, the, uh, for receptions in the season. Yep. And he's been – I mean, everybody knows he's getting the ball and you still can't stop him. Like his Twitter name is Can't Guard Mike. And teams literally can't guard this guy. I mean, look, he had he uh, racked up 1,725 receiving yards and nine touchdowns, and he's just been Drew Brees' go-to all season. So uh, that's why I picked him for Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, and it would be curious to see if he has the same success if they don't bring back Drew Brees. They probably will. But um, if yeah. if they don't bring him back, you know what? You know, or if they what get somebody opposite of him, if his production can stay at that rate, I mean, right. he's been in that that upper echelon. Like he's had, he's been pretty close to breaking the record with receptions before. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Um, so for my player of the year, it was kind of tough for me to choose. You know, we could have went Lamar being basic, or we could have went with someone like CMC. So I'm kind of stuck on both, honestly. McCaffrey, you know, he was. He was the whole reason why the Panthers stayed relevant this year. Um, you know, and, and I, I feel like with Lamar Jackson, the Ravens would have been a good team, but not nearly as good as they were with him, as I said earlier. But McCaffrey, man, he, I believe he had over a thousand pass or like passing, you know, like receiving yards. Is that, is that true? Right? Yes. It was, it was something. Yeah. He had over, well. yeah, a hundred catches. You know, he's, you know, over a thousand rushing, uh, rushing yards as well just a complete offensive weapon more than just yeah. your running back and like uh, we said in, with that production he's like a borderline number one receiver on that team yeah no disrespect to dj Moore, but yeah, uh, yeah those yeah. kyle allen and will greer just couldn't get those guys the ball yeah and then like what we said in in, in the last podcast like people know that it's going to cmc yet they can't <clears throat> stop him at all which is just crazy um 
So yeah, those are my two options. But if if I had to pick between one of the the two, I would go with uh, Run CMC for sure. Um, moving on to Player of the Year on defense, I picked uh, Stephon Gilmore. Um, six interceptions for two touchdowns. Gilmore Island was on. It was in full effect this year. Um, you know, teams had to scheme to play away from him. You know, he, he would always fall. I think didn't he shade uh, best teams receivers? Or was he like yeah, he he's a move guy. corner. He he follows okay, yeah. the best guy. Yeah, and, and that's Guards, what makes him even more scary. Yeah, he guarded Zach Ertz that that one game when the Eagles played them because we had no receivers, and uh, you know he made Zach Ertz his 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 laughing stock. Like honestly, Stephon Gilmore is nothing to mess with. If you ask me, he was by far better than uh, Jalen Ramsey this year. I think he deserves this award. Yeah, I picked Gilmore as well. I mean, he was the best corner in all of football. And, I mean, just just the way he was shutting down guys. And it's a passing league, and it favors offense. But this guy is legit just shutting guys down, mm-hmm. taking teams' number one option away. I mean, you can't really say much much more about him. He's just – he's the best corner in the game. Best – I mean, I don't think this is really close. Like, who else could be defensive player of the year? Um, so, I, I went with him. I feel like he's the only option. And um, for my offensive rookie of the year, um, I'm going to go with uh, the Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray. Um, I like what he showed me this year. He had uh, 3,700 yards passing, 20 touchdowns. And all in all this season, I think he proved that he can be a franchise quarterback and just just someone that they can build around, something that is optimistic. He, Absolutely. he chipped in He chipped in with some uh, he, with his ability to run, too. Uh, so I just think that going forward, this is the type of quarterback you want. You want a guy that can um, extend plays, get outside the pocket, and we're we're getting away from those statue type quarterbacks. So I just think uh, this season he was he was phenomenal for a rookie, and that's why he's my offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, for sure, good pick. Uh, with me, I chose Josh Jacobs. Um, it was hard to choose between you know him, Marquise Brown, and Miles Sanders, but uh, Josh Jacobs, man, he he made the Raiders' offense look good. Uh, you know, 1,100 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, 20 receptions, maybe not a whole lot for, you know, only 166 yards. But when he re- whenever he was on the field, he made that offense look energized, you know, look alive. He, he, he's not scared to lower his shoulder. You know, he's undersized a little bit, I guess you could say, but he's not scared to, to, you know, to run into contact. Uh, I think he is a great running back. He's going to be great for the Raiders for years to come. And hopefully he leaves his, his legacy in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, and on uh, Josh Jacobs, like I, I, he was a guy that I, I was strongly considering picking, but I just feel like quarterback is a harder position to play. And the way that Kyler Murray played this year, true, uh, true, which it's just pretty, it's it's pretty spectacular for a rookie. But I mean, no doubt, Josh Jacobs is, um, he could be borderline a top five running back next year if he keeps this up. And right. he can I mean, healthy. yeah. Like, Murray is the safe pick here because, you know, like, yeah, Murray looked yeah. awesome on a, a team that had so many holes that they needed to fill. I think, you know, Murray. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, it's between those two for sure. Like, uh, and, and you could throw Miles Sanders in that mix as well. So, and right. right. Those, those three were the, the clear-cut favorites. And yeah. yeah, for sure. So who'd you pick um, for defensive rookie of the year? Yes. Uh, I mean, I think we both picked the same guy. So yeah, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no one else. No offense to anyone else that played defense this year who was a rookie that was good, but uh, you're not going to beat what Nick Bosa did in, in his. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to Josh Allen, uh, the Jaguars. Yeah. Edge. 
Uh, he was pretty good this yeah. year. Um, I know a lot but, of um, Raiders fans want a Max Crosby shout out. So I'll give <laughs> him one. But this award single-handedly had to go to Nick Bosa, and we don't even need to explain yeah, about I mean, why we decided to go with Nick Bosa. <clears throat> uh, for my coach of the pressures. year. Oh, go ahead, my bad. Yeah. Nah, you're good. I was, I was going to say he had 80 pressures. I believe he had nine sacks. He had one interception. Yeah, and a lot of people get the thing with, like, sacks is sacks don't always tell the story. Um, I always look at pressure numbers. I think pressure rate is more important than the sacks. Yeah. Because, like, mm-hmm. you, you can have a high pressure rate and not a lot of sacks, but if you're putting pressure on the quarterback, you're making them step up or uh, move to another side. And, and Bosa's getting chipped every play. Oh, yeah. So, yeah sure. <clears throat> I mean, and yeah. also, you know, like, it's not helping going against a lot of good linemen in the NFC West. You know, you have people like yeah. Dwayne Brown, you know, Andrew Whitworth, and you're you're going against people like that 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 scheme around you, and you're still putting up 80 pressures a year. And like Nick said, you know, sacks don't say the whole story. You know, having 80 pressures means that you're making the quarterback think twice. You're getting him out of his comfort zone. You know, like, and that's hard to find for like a consistent week to week basis for a player. Yeah, I mean, he's he got a true he, number one edge rusher. Oh yeah, and yeah, totally. That's all you can ask for. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, with my coach of the year, I went with uh, John Harbaugh. I mean, mm. fourteen and two, uh, best record. They had an explosive offense, um, and I think the thing that set Harbaugh apart this year, like I know it came back to bite him in the playoffs, but just the forward thinking, like to not settle for punting at midfield and stuff like that, like going for it on fourth and short. Uh, I think that really was beneficial to the Ravens this year, having that analytical guy in his ear and helping him out. So I give him props for being a forward-thinking coach, but still, like, relying on, like, actual football concepts. And, I mean, the Ravens were just – they they had the best regular season. And uh, so I had to give some love to my guy, John Harbaugh. I like that pick. Um, for me, I took someone else. I took <clears throat> Kyle Shanahan. Uh, it might be a pretty blatant pick aside from Harbaugh. Uh, you know his his team was second in points with thirty a game, second and second with rushing yards with one hundred and forty four a game, and fourth in yards for three hundred and eighty one a game. Uh, you know he he finds a way to get all you know he tries to find a way to get all of his players involved, whether it be Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, um, you know people like that, or you know getting the ball to George Kittle when he needs to. You know looking at Emmanuel Sanders, it's just he. He is an offensive mastermind, I feel like. Like, he is going – he is what every NFL team wants to have as a head coach. You know, he knows how to read teams, adjust at halftime. Um, and, I mean, look, like, look <clears> at <throat> him. He went from being – so, last year, the Niners had the number two pick in the draft, and now they're in the Super Bowl. It's just crazy to me. Um, you know, they play in one of the most toughest divisions in the entire league, and they still made the number one seed, you know. The whole playoffs ran through uh, San Fran. I think it's just a great, you know, a great environment that he's built in that uh, in that um, that city. So that's my coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, and to just go in more on Shanahan, I mean, he, I, I mean, outside of Andy Reid and Sean Payton, he's probably up there with the best offensive minds in the league, as you said. And, I mean, the Niners are just a complete team. And that offense, man, they just can pick you apart, whether that's running the ball, um, yeah. getting – just, just it's just such a crazy offense because you don't know who's going to show up. You don't know who's going to have a big game, and mm-hmm. uh, that I got to give that a lot of credit to uh, Shanahan for that for just scheming these guys open and using these weird players and making it work. Um, right. So now we're gonna we can get into the Super Bowl and um, 
uh, before we give you our predictions, we're going to kind of talk about the game. And I, but the main thing for me that, that I think stands out to this game is a lot of people, when you think about this game, you're thinking about, <clears throat> you're thinking about the Chiefs offense versus the, uh, the Niners defense. But I think the most important matchup is the flip side of that. I think it's the Niners offense going against that Chiefs defense. Because, I mean, really, <clears throat> you look at it. Yeah, that, I think that's what's going to decide this game. Because, I mean, if the Niners, if their offense can be explosive, because the Chiefs defense, I mean, <clears throat> they've improved. But they still have a lot of holes. Their linebacking core is not that good. Um, their, their, their corners, their defensive backs, I mean, outside of Tyron Matthew, it's just a bunch of guys. But, I mean, when, when they get a lead, they play with confidence. So if, if the uh, Chiefs can get up, I think that that helps them. I mean, I, I mean, and up front, they just got Chris Jones, really. Uh, Frank Clark off yeah, the edge. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. And I think the Niners offense, with, with all these weapons they have, um, and, and just, just the way that Shanahan can do such a great job of exploiting mismatches. Like, if you look at the NFC Championship, he attacked Blake Martinez the whole game. Just, just yeah, because he can't I mean, run sideline to sideline. We know um, how you feel about Blake Martinez, and I bet so you had a he would just, he would, he just, he just attacks your weakness. So I feel like that could come back to um, haunt the Chiefs because they they have similar linebackers. Uh, Anthony Hitchens, he's a bigger guy. Reggie Ragland, he's a bigger guy. And if they're on the field, um, it's going to be hard running sideline to sideline. So, and um, yeah, I'll let you get 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 some points in before I come back to my next. No, few points. yeah, you're good. Uh, I mean, for me, I feel like aside from, you know, making Mahomes uncomfortable in the pocket, we have to try and stop Tyreek Hill. And we know that Sherman doesn't travel. He stays on the right side of the field. Um, so if they can get Tyreek Hill on the other side of the field, I think they're going to have a better experience. Uh, I did see a thing, I think it was on PFF, where Sherman plays, so Richard Sherman plays on the right side of the field, but the Chiefs passing game works better when they attack the left side. So I don't expect Andy Reid to hide from that. I think that they're going to move Kelsey to the left a lot more. They're going to move Tyreek Hill more to the left. They're going to try and expose their second corner, um, you know, create mismatches. Although the linebacker, the Niners have three of the top 15's best coverage linebackers. I feel like no one's stopping Travis Kelsey on that defense. Um, you can only, you know, contain someone for so long. I feel like, you know, I also know that um, the Chiefs, were ranked 31st against the zone runs this year. So I do expect Shanahan to attack zone runs, whether it be with Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, you know, put in some RPOs. Um, I just feel like it's going to be a game won by the coaches, not by the players. I feel like they're going to have to make a, a great scheme to, you know, help whoever wants to win that game win the most. But uh, back to you, Nick. And then to talk about the Niners, I just feel like that defensive line, their front four, I mean, if you look at the matchups up front, they have an advantage over everybody Everybody. outside of Mitchell Schwartz. Uh, He'll be going against D Ford. But when you're looking at Nick Bosa versus uh, Fisher, the left tackle, that's a tremendous mismatch. They're going to have some help over there. DeForest Buckner, Um, all those, you know. Yeah. And um, uh, for the Chiefs, I just think that they, they have to find a way to stop the run and get the, I know this is pretty cliche, but they need to get the Chiefs in, uh, I mean, the, uh, 49ers in third and long situations to where they can't just come off and just punch you in the mouth like they want to. You know what's crazy, and, Nick? What's up? I saw a stat real quick where it says that that Kansas City won't load the box against the run game. They actually have the least tendency to, to load the box. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah. they want them so, to run. That is kind of true. So I don't know how. 
uh, against against the I mean the way they run the ball with those track guys they have. Um, I don't know. It could be a mismatch. And um, yeah. another note on the Niners is they have struggled with mobile quarterbacks this year. Whether that be Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, or Kyler Murray, they've all given them fits because the 49ers send four a lot. They don't really blitz that much because they get so much pressure with that front four. Right. <clears throat> so I, I think if if Mahomes is able to extend plays and get outside the pocket and just keep keep his eyes down the field and just feel the rush, I mean, just, just do stuff that he normally does. I mean, it's going to give them a good chance to win this game. Yeah, Mahomes in a you know Mahomes being comfortable and, and in a rhythm is the most scariest thing that you can let happen to him. That you know on Sunday, if Mahomes is feeling it, there there's no going back. He's gonna go crazy, you know. Um. Also, question for you, Nick. Do you think that Tyron Matthew is gonna man up against Travis Kelsey the whole game, or will the uh, the Chiefs stick to his zone defense? I mean. He- you said because there's, so. You think Matthew no, manned up on Kittle? No, uh, yeah, Kittle? yeah, Kittle, my, yeah, my bad, Kittle. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. I don't think any linebacker on the Chiefs is going to have that a fun true. time. Um, guarding, you know, they'll, they'll and probably it's like, just have to just have to double him, honestly, and, yeah. and that kind of can create problems too because you got like Debo Samuel who's emerged out the slot, Emmanuel mm-hmm. Sanders a solid number one. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, yeah, like you said, the Chiefs don't load the box, but I mean, the Niners can run it regardless of what you do, which was so crazy about them because i mean the packers just they got they got absolutely punched in the mouth yeah. and then that, plus uh, you know san francisco front yeah and then plus having kyle you check in the game you know it gives them as a mismatch a yep to, yeah i mean like honestly like the niners offense fullback so wide good. receiver it's kind of like positionless football if you think about it so they use guys like deep like debo samuel they use him at running back and receiver um you use use check out wide yeah, i know tight like end. back when yeah, and then back when Sanders was on the Broncos, he ran a few fake plays where he, where he threw the ball up to receivers. So you never know, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, all in all, at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs will pull this one out. I think Big Red gets his first ring. So I'm taking the Chiefs 31 over the 31 to 24 over the Niners. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is Super Bowl MVP. He's going to put up some crazy numbers. Uh, I think it'll be pretty slow at first. It'll be a slow starting game, and then it's going to pick up. Um, just I'll let all the nerves settle out. And I, th- I think it'll be a pretty exciting Super Bowl. So that's my prediction for Super Bowl 24. Yep. See, with me, I'm picking the Niners to win Super Bowl, but it's not going to be, you know, like like it, it won't be a, a low-scoring game, obviously. I'm going to go with a game like the Patriots versus Eagles. I'm going to go – I'm going to go 40 to 33. I'm going to say that the Niners win it because they just have a stronger offense. And their defense is going to come out slow, but they're going to get it together at halftime, and they're going to start doing the right things. So 40 to 33. Yeah. I also feel like – Go ahead. My bad. I I got it. You know, we have this thing on our Twitter that we posted, it was a poll. Um, will it be over or under 60 points combined? Follow us on Twitter at cold blooded uh, chat. If you guys don't already, um, a lot of you guys picked over 60 points. I'm going over 60 points here. I'm going to go. What is that? 70, 73, I believe. Um, you're going with 25 or no 55 points. That's surprising to me. You know, having two, you know, extremely 
active offenses not reaching at you know sixty points in the most important game of the year. I don't know, man. <clears throat> that defenses besides the Niners don't look like they're going to get a lot of stops, man. Yeah, see, but the thing for me is like Jimmy Garoppolo, for as good as he is as a quarterback, his one weakness is definitely throwing picks to linebackers and just guys that are controlling the middle of the field. Like Eric Kendricks picked them off like several times in that playoff game, uh, just from him not. He just doesn't see linebackers over the middle of the field. So I think the Chiefs come away with the Jimmy G. Uh, they're going to pick him off once, and I think that's going to be the turning point in the game. It'll probably be a swing because you know the Chiefs can score. Um, yeah. So that's I just think that'll be the factor, the X factor, the turning point of the game is uh, somebody is going to pick off Jimmy G. and The Chiefs are just going to roll from then on out. All right. I know because you, you, as you mentioned earlier and you said it yesterday, a, a team was it a, a young defense or whatever it is. And it was like it was something about the Chiefs defense. What, like they're scarier. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, when you get a, when you get uh, like a Chiefs defense, like a defense that that on paper isn't good. But when they're playing with confidence and they, they feel like they can make these plays or somebody gets an interception, it just it's going to set this yeah. defense. Yeah. Like like kind of like against the Titans. I mean, they were motivated to stop Derrick Henry. You had a guy, Frank Clark, come out to say that uh, Derrick Henry doesn't run hard enough uh, for a guy that big. He's pretty soft. And, I mean, they, they came out and played. Uh, yeah, they did. All righty. Um, so now that we've done our, our predictions for the bowl, we're going to move on to our final topic of this podcast. It's going to be the defensive free agents that are coming out for 2020. Um, let's start off with edge rushers. Um, this can be three, four ends, or sorry, three, four outside linebackers, or four, three ends. There's no, there's no preference. Um, so the first one we have on our list, and I, I think most important, was is uh, Clowney. Okay, he was traded before the season started to Seattle. Um, we know how how good you know he's a good player. We know that all for sure. But do you think he's going to ask for too much money? Um, I, I feel like. He's going to get paid, and I, I don't think Seattle keeps him. I think somebody's just going to throw a lot of money at him. Wouldn't that be a waste? Yeah, but but they, they got they got him for a third-round pick, and if he left, they'd get a third back oh, uh, okay. in this yeah with a comp pick. So for them, it was just, you know what, let's see if we can get this guy in and push for uh, – make a push at a chip, and it didn't work out. And I just think that I, – I don't know. I mean, I think they'll try to re-sign him, but I just think that somebody is going to drop a bag no on Jadavian Clowney. And I don't think – the Seahawks are pretty smart. They're a smart organization. I mean, they don't draft well, but they're, um, they're pretty smart. So I, I don't think they would overpay for Clowney, like uh, a team like the Giants. Um, I think that was a report the Giants are willing to throw big money at him. So. I hope they don't go to the Giants. I, I don't yeah, think I mean... that they would overpay for Clowney. But, if, I mean, if it's the right price range, I mean, of course they want to bring him back. But I think a guy like that on the market, just because of his name and what he did in college, like people still think about that one play. That, He's that been living hit, off that one hit forever. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that's going to get him paid because people see the, the freakish athleticism and just how um, – Yeah. I mean, he like, just he just looks like – Like he – yeah. He just looks um, like your typical edge rusher. Yeah, for sure. So for the second D end we have here, we have Yannick Ngakwe. Um, I believe he's not coming back to Jacksonville. Um, and if the Giants don't pick up Clowney, that's who they're going to go get. Um, I would want him. We, I mean, the Eagles. 
I want the Eagles to go get him, but I've heard rumors that they're targeting receivers or corners. Um, and again, end isn't a big need for us in Philly, but you know, having someone like Yannick that young and that talented is always a plus. I think he's, but he's for sure leaving Jacksonville. He, he's been posting a lot of things on Twitter lately, you know, throwing, you know, subliminal hints that he's not returning and that's fine. I mean, Jacksonville, they're going through some motions right now anyway. Uh, you know, you have aging Calais Campbell still there, people like that. I, I, I just don't think he's going to come back. Um, you have any you know, takes on that, Nick? Yeah, um, Yannick is definitely out the door. Um, I think potential suitors for him uh, would be the just the typical edge needy teams. Uh, yeah. The Raiders, uh, maybe the Ravens, the Giants, just teams looking to just improve this edge, their edge position. I think those are some fits because – the way he's been talking, he's definitely out of Jacksonville. Jacksonville's having some problems with, with keeping yeah. these uh, elite players, so they got to figure that out. But uh, for sure, yeah. Yannick is looking at a bag as well, just like Clowney. I, I think the top three guys, are just, they're going to get bags from, from teams. Okay, so here's where it gets interesting, though. My third person at the end might not be yours. Um, I'm going with Shaq Barrett. That's you know, yeah, that's I yeah, I mean, yeah, but like – Tampa Bay is going to drop drop right, a huge but, bag on him. But the whole question is, I mean, Shaq Barrett was decent in Denver. Like, don't get me wrong. Well, but I mean, he was stuck in the rotation, like, though. With Von Miller, yeah, I know. Yeah. But, but was it a fluke this season? Do they want us, you know? Well, I mean, what he was doing not- at the beginning of the season was, wasn't, was like, it, you, you can't keep that, that level of play that up. Level, what he was doing yeah, those first, right. yeah. But, I mean, for the Bucks, I mean, outside of him, they have nothing on the edge. They're they're yeah. built up front. They got they got the big dudes in the middle, but on the edge, it's really just him. Um, I mean, I think for them, they they, uh, they have to resign. Are we a signing, you think? Yeah, I think he's the first guy that I would be willing to bet that he ends up on the Buccaneers. Um, okay. I'm not sure about Yannick or Clowney if they'll come back to their teams. Yannick, I don't think he comes back to Jacksonville at all. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a there's a chance Clowney comes back, but with 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 uh, Shaq Barrett, he's for sure going to be a Buccaneer, in my opinion. I'm not sure though, like okay. about those other two. Do you have any other edge, any D lineman like edge rusher wise? Um, talk about it. There's two guys that I want to kind of talk about real quick. Um, okay. I think a guy like Eric Armstead. Um, mm, yeah. I think he he's a guy that that somebody be willing to pay because uh, the Niners can't bring him back because their cap situation. Um, so I mean, he's a guy that can play uh, outside on first and second down on those run defending downs, and then uh, in pass situations, he can slide inside and uh, rush from the interior. So I think that's a valuable um, asset to teams. Another guy that I wanted to talk about was uh, Dante Fowler, and I think he'll hit the market as well. I mean, he completely turned. Uh, they can't. I mean, their 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 money like it's unlikely they can keep him. Um, but he's a guy that like completely. Like out of Jacksonville, like he flashed, but this season has probably been his best season in the league. So I think that's good for him, and somebody like uh, would definitely be looking to pay him. All right, I like it. Um, let's get rid of the next, I think, most uneventful area on the defense for free agents. Let's talk about D lineman. The only good D tackle that I know that's going to get paid is Shelby Harris. That's, I mean. Aside from that, no one else well, really. You got I mean, like, uh, DJ Reed McCoy, from the Texans. Peters, Devon Hargrave, Devon Hargrave yeah. Leonard uh, Williams, Mike, Mike Daniels, Pierce. Michael Pierce. I mean, I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know because 
A lot of these guys are over 30. Like we got Rockers Chris Jones as well. Oh, yeah, well. Chris Jones, I, I forgot about him. Yeah, Chris Jones, he if the Chiefs are smart. He's idea though, one. Probably. He's the best interior defensive. Yeah, I think he'll. He, they're definitely going to try to bring him back because he's their best player on defense. I mean, but yeah, like aside from the top three, as in Shelby Harris, DJ Reader, and Javon Hargrave. Well, yeah, I mean, not a lot of these guys can rush the passer. So, I mean, outside of Leonard Williams, and um, I'm not sure about Hargrave. But a lot of the guys we mentioned are more like run stuffing into your defensive lineman, like Michael Pierce and DJ Reader. So, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I don't think a team's going to necessarily break, uh, break the bank on one of them. But I mean, as a Ravens fan, I would for sure want to see Michael Pierce back. That's a big body, um, and I know yeah. DJ Reader is pretty good for the Texans as well. Uh, with the Giants with Leonard Williams, that's that's pretty interesting. They traded for him mid season. I don't. I, didn't, I mean, you never. <laughs> Like we, yeah, I, like, I just, I, I just think that they have too many interior guys as it is. Um, they drafted one in the first round. They have Dexter Lawrence, um, Dalvin Tomlinson, I believe his name is. Um, they drafted a guy, I think his name is BJ Hill, a couple years ago in the fourth or third. Oh, um, yeah, they're just yeah. piling up on these interior um, run stoppers. But that's another. That's another story for another day. We'll get into that when we preview the NFC East. Um, yeah, I mean, IDLs, outside of Chris Jones, you're not lock, looking at a lot of guys that are going to get a bag, uh, get that big paycheck. But I do expect group, a lot of one-year deals. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to coverage slash interior linebackers. Uh, the main headliner here is Corey Littleton. I think he's going to get a bag. You know, he kind of came onto the scene super, you know, out of nowhere two years ago. He's Former a great college safety. Yeah, he, he he has the speed. He's almost like when they had Mark Barron, but he's just you know a younger and better. Uh, and a, a way yeah way better yeah. version. Like yeah, he yeah, he's yeah. just a modern NFL linebacker. What you look for, he can. I mean, he's he's never going to be that thumper, but I mean, in today's NFL, you don't necessarily need a thumper. I think coverage is more important, and I think that's the way the game is going. And the Rams, they don't have money to to keep these guys, and I think. Corey Littleton could be looking at a, a nice contract somewhere in that thirteen to fifteen million dollars a year range from some teams. Yeah, um, I agree. I think he, he's going to get a decent contract wherever he wants to. I mean, the only other notable linebackers are uh, you got Joe Schobert, Jamie Collins, Blake Martinez, um, the Bears uh, linebacker Potowski. Uh, I mean, of course, Potowski uh, actually showed me some things. Um, he was pretty good in coverage uh, once um, Danny Trevathan went down. Uh, he played pretty well next to uh, Roquan Smith. Now, Blake Martinez is a tackle machine, but he's horrible in coverage. One of my least favorite players in the league. Jamie Jamie Collins is interesting because he brings a lot to the table. Um, he's a freak athlete. He can rush the passer. Solid in coverage. Now, Joe <laughs> Schobert is kind of similar, just less athletic. Um, show he's more that, that run stuffer, run stuffer, tackle machine. He can actually get after the quarterback a little bit, um, yeah, from that linebacker position. So that that's kind of valuable. But the cream of the crop in this linebacker free agency uh, class is definitely going to be Corey Littleton. Um, I think he's the true game changer out of this group for uh, he's gonna whatever get team money. gets him. Yeah. And um, after that, we can uh, get into the corners. And I think the the main guy that everybody thinks about off rip is uh, definitely going to be Byron Jones. Uh, 
athletic. I, I don't think the Cowboys can keep him. I think they're going to have to tag Dak and re-sign Amari because of what they gave up to get him. So I think Byron Jones then becomes the odd man out. So, I mean, a lot of teams could use a Byron Jones. Philly could use a Byron he, Jones. The Cardinals could use a Byron Jones. What um, forget about is I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, even though he was awful at safety, that that's where he was from originally. You know, like, and like with him being so gifted athletically, you can move him all around that defensive back area. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's gonna be a hot commodity, not only for his skill set as a corner, but for his versatility. I just wanted to point that out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he's definitely, definitely best at outside corner because of his uh, athleticism. That uh, he can jump out the gym. Just a, just a total, just a, uh, just what you want in the number one corner. Um, but the next guy, uh, I think the number two guy in this class is going to be uh, Chris Harris Jr. Um, he's a versatile guy. He can play inside out. Probably better in the slot at this point. But I mean, he can still step outside. Um, even though he's up there in age, he still uh, was pretty solid this season. So I think um, teams that miss out on Byron Jones could probably look at a guy like Chris Harris. Um, I think he could definitely fill the uh, the void for some of these teams in their secondaries and improve them. So uh, anything you want to say about Chris Harris? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Eagles, you know, teams wanted Chris Harris before the trade deadline. Yeah, and they Denver didn't want to trade him. Yeah, never didn't want to trade him, and I I don't blame any team for not going out there and getting him because he was going to be a free agent, and he is getting up there in age. I think Chris Harris is better off just playing in the slot like he's always been great at. Um, but I I do expect his his skill to drop off a lot in the next you know two or three years, so I would not go crazy signing him to a large deal. But you know, um, CB might do it, but I wouldn't yeah. personally. And then uh, another guy that I thought was pretty notable on my out on the outside corner section of this list is uh, I mean a guy that uh, Eli Apple. I mean mm-hmm. he's not necessarily a he's kind of like the it's kind of like the Garyon Conley thing. He he's very good in man. Um, so if he could he could find a team that plays a lot of man like the Lions, the Patriots, uh, the Dolphins, a team like that that is a very uh, man dependent scheme. I feel like he could excel in that. Um, that's just a notable guy I was talking about. Uh, Kendall Fuller for the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I think he I could be a guy. Guys that miss on the, the top tier, he could be a guy teams look at. Um, then I have yeah. two slot corners, but I'll wait. Uh, you can tell me who you have on the outside or two yeah, notable so guys. I was going to mention, uh, you know, you have Ronald Darby. The Eagles brought him back on, on a one-year deal last year. Um, when they traded for Ronald Darby, they did not get who they thought they were going to get. Um, and part of that is Jim Schwartz's fault, but he did play in Buffalo. Uh, I mean, you know, Ronald Darby never really got to play to like the, that level that we wanted him to play at. Um, huge drop off. He's always getting injured. He's not going to come back to Philly for sure. For sure. Um, I could see a team like, you know, maybe the Cardinals picking him up, you know, someone because Darby is a lot of money. Darby's a man corner, um, so maybe someone like the Dolphins or Pats, as you mentioned. But um, yeah, he did not excel well in our zone scheme. Our zone scheme fit. So yeah, and then I think we both have one of the same uh, nickel cornerbacks, and that's going to be Logan Ryan, right? Yeah, I had Logan Ryan. Um, yeah, yeah. Logan Ryan. I mean, I'll just talk about him for a little bit. Uh, he's a good corner, a good you know 
inside corner, not you know, not scared to tackle. I want him to come to Philadelphia. Um, Tony Pauline has had him linked to coming to Philadelphia for the last two weeks. Um, he grew up right outside of Philly, and you know we need a slot corner. I mean, we we don't we don't need a slot corner. I mean, we have Avante Maddox, but I would prefer him to play outside. But um, that's where I, you know he might come to Philadelphia, and that's where I could see him being suited at best. But I'll let yeah, you go ahead. and you, when you get a guy like Logan Ryan, I mean, he's just a just a, just a uh, very good corner. He can do a little bit of everything. He can play some man, play some zone. I think the most underrated part of his game is definitely his ability to tackle. He's definitely one of the better tackling corners. I mean, what he did against Baltimore, um, he was he, he did a very good job of tackling in space. So that that really um, made him stand out in my eyes. And the last guy I want to talk about in this corner class is a guy that's underrated. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get paid last year. The Jets scooped him up on a one-year uh, vet minimum deal. Um, and that's going to be Brian Poole from the Falcons. I mean, this oh, guy yeah. has always been just a plug-and-play nickel corner. Um, you see what you get, and he, he's, he's been very good at it. Um, so I don't, I don't know why he slipped through the cracks and was able to – the Jets picked him up on that little rinky-dink contract. But I think he's a guy that teams could be looking at um, to fill that nickel void on their – um, going on to safeties now, I only have about three ones that are noticeable, or, sorry, notable. Um, let's just start off with some obvious ones. You know, Rodney McLeod, my guy on the Eagles, we're not bringing him back. I don't want them to, to, to bring him back. Um, he plays fair for us, but I don't think he's not, you know, he's not going to be here much longer. We do want to move one of our corners, you know, like Razul Douglas to safety, and that would be a good fit. Then we have people like Anthony Harris. Um, Nick could grab on him a little bit more, like, you know, talk about him a little bit more. Um, but Anthony Harris, he uh, he was a great guy this year. <laughs> he played awesome. Uh, he was the number one ranked, I think, according to PFF for uh, free safety. He was a number one safety. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he, he was pretty picks, good. Just, just, just what you want, that rangy center fielding safety. Um, he He's just – so good when there's so few actual center fielding safeties in the league. I think a guy like that, he's somebody's gonna definitely want to pay him. Um, another guy is he's more of a hybrid safety. He can do a little bit of everything. It's the Broncos' uh, safety, Justin Simmons. Um, I can see the intrigue with this guy, but I don't think I don't think uh, Denver lets him go. Um, I think he'll be one of their priorities. Uh, another guy is Devin McCourty, getting up there in age. He could be if he doesn't go come back to New England, maybe a team like Miami or um, the Lions just brings him in just for a veteran like locker room presence and uh, a guy that's familiar with that Belichickian scheme. Um, then you got uh, more of a box type safety with a uh, haha Clinton Dix. Um, he'll be on the market. Um, I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know what the market is for. Those those more of those box safeties. Um, a guy that was a riser this year. You got Jimmy Ward from the Niners. Uh, we'll see how he plays in the Super Bowl. Maybe uh, <clears throat> makes people rethink that uh, he his his versatility. He could he could play slot. Um, he could play free safety. He could do a little bit of everything. Um, another guy I put down was Trey Boston. Uh, he's just been a guy that's been getting passed all over. Like he didn't sign until late before the season started, and. Um, he, he was a pretty good uh, free safety for the Panthers. 
Um, so I, I don't know why he, he doesn't get signed sooner. I mean, he's, he's a pretty good safety. The last guy I had on my list was um, Carl Joseph. Um, pick. I don't know if the Raiders can bring him. Well, I mean, they, they can bring him back, but they did yeah. draft Jonathan Abram. And yeah. I view Abram as more as, as a box safety. So I don't really know if he could be that center fielder. Um, but a guy like Carl Joseph, if you're looking for a box safety, I mean, he's probably an ideal fit. He's pretty athletic. Uh, he's not afraid to tackle. Um, he could play some linebacker for you in nickel dime situations. So I think that's a guy um, that's pretty under the radar that could be a nice pickup. Yeah, I think and, you touched uh, on do you all. Have any other safeties? Nah, man. I, I think you covered all of them pretty well. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, evidently, from this entire list. Who do you believe gets paid the most? Is it the DBs, the edge rushers, or the linebackers? Definitely edge. Um, I think those top three edge guys, and, and I'll throw in Byron Jones. I think That's Byron the- Jones gets paid. Those are the four that I think will make the most money. Um, then maybe a guy like Chris Jones comes in there, and then you get guys like Justin Simmons. Um, Corey Littleton will be somewhere up there. But like they'll, um, they'll get paid and they'll play good on their team, but they won't be like you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I, I mean, a lot of a lot of these positions are positions that do get addressed in free agency more often than not. Like the safety market, um, teams don't really draft safeties that much, so yeah. I think the safety market uh, those will be guys that come off the shelf pretty quick. Uh, edge as well, I think the IDLs, interior defensive linemen. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know the market outside of Chris Jones. Chris Jones will get his money. Maybe Michael Pierce and Shelby Harris, but other than that, I can't see a lot of people you know, doing more than a one-year deal. So I, I think this is a good spot to wrap it up. Um, hope you guys enjoy the award show uh, tomorrow and enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday, and we'll probably be back on Monday. We'll recap the Super Bowl, maybe get a post-Super Bowl mock draft since the uh, – the order will be determined. So thank you guys for listening. If you're listening on YouTube or watching it on YouTube, uh, leave some comments down below. If you feel like we missed out on something or our points didn't make sense, we'll be happy to talk, whatever. Um, Fight so up. Thank you for listening. And uh, we're out.